Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Amherst Town Supervisor Brian Culpa. Uh, Brian, good morning. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Thanks uh, for having me. Oh, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Now, you have the State of the Town coming up? I do. When will that be? That'll be Friday um, this week. What a big day. So we have Higgins stepping down and your uh, state of the town. Before we get into that, we did have Congressman Higgins. He is the congressman in Amherst. Your thoughts on uh, Congressman Higgins re- uh, resigning from Congress? You know, uh, I, you hate to see him go. Um, I'm glad that he's going to be able to pursue something that, you know, seems like a true passion for him. And Chase is certainly a wonderful institution. Congressman's always been awesome to, with me, you know, uh, very gracious. Uh, you know, very motivating. Uh, he's somebody who I really look up to and say, uh, this guy has, you know, the true sense of, you know, purpose here, and, and he truly loves this community. I would, uh, I would agree. Like I said, he and I have a lot of political differences, but I, I have nothing but respect for him. Now, getting into the town of Amherst, uh, before I ask you anything general, what will your state of the town be touching on? What should we expect to hear on Friday? You know, so this year, we're actually getting to celebrate uh, some of the to-do lists getting checked off, right? The library edition at Audubon um, opened officially. That's been something sitting out there for six years. Uh, we've uh, officially opened Roswell Park in Amherst now. Um, and uh, this week we'll be celebrating the opening of a major ambulatory center with UBMD. Those projects are significant. They're projects that took a lot of work. Um, and a lot of effort uh, at Town Hall and a lot of effort from all of our departments and from the private sector in, in being able to say, hey, you know, in spite of two years of COVID setbacks, you know, we've gotten those projects done. Uh, that's, that's huge. You know, Roswell Park is um, something that I'm very passionate about. And I know a lot of uh, people in Amherst and a lot of people throughout Western New York are passionate about seeing them be able to expand to a second complex. And moving forward, then it's it's about what's what's left. You know, I've got two years on my term, and we're staring at a few major projects. Um, one of them being a Central Park, one of them being the Boulevard Mall, and one of them being uh, major sewer work on the west side of town. The latter of which isn't the most glamorous, but it's pressing, and you know it's something that's made possible because of a thirty-one million dollar. Uh, budget allocation by the governor. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for that. That was one of those projects that, you know, coming in in year one, it's like, how are we going to pull that off? 
Now, going up that list, the Boulevard Mall, it's gotten a lot of attention, obviously. A lot of attention. It is still there. It is. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say this about the Boulevard Mall. It's, when it's cold outside, it's a great place to take my son and, and roll him, stroll him around for a, a few hours. Uh, where do we stand on that project? Because we did just see the Eastern Hills Mall yep. uh, close their inter- interior um, last, uh, two weeks ago, sorry, during the snowstorm. Where do we stand with the Boulevard? How close in development are they to where the Eastern Hills Mall is? So um, in terms of Eastern Hills Mall, you know, that that one owner, um, and it was sort of a drive to, to try to get to, to a finish line. And the Boulevard Mall's case, you know, it started off in receivership. Um, then it was split ownership between um, Douglas Development and Benderson Development. Uh, so it's taken a lot of finessing to try to get it to a point where we can say, all right, now it's time to turn turn this thing around. Um, there's going to be uh, an eminent domain action with the town. I think a lot of people have heard that or and heard it said. Um, the important thing is that on that first day, right, when we do a taking, that we have a buyback. Um, and ironing out the de- details on those items are, um, has taken a while. Um, but there's also been a lot of offsite infrastructure work that had to happen in order to make that possible. Some of that sewer work that I was talking about, that is work specifically that unlocks that mall site. So as we're getting ready to put shovels in the ground this spring on that offsite infrastructure, um, I would say that you know by the, by the end of the second quarter, um, by June 1st, somewhere in that range, uh, we should see the mall um, close to, to going through a transfer period and um, you know, if what I'm hearing from the development community is correct, then we're going to start to see some redevelopment there, hopefully very soon. And would that mean an empty mall to start redevelopment? You know, that that's one of those uh, things that we've had to work out, right? Who owned leases? Who has leases? Who wants to stay? Who didn't? Uh, we've heard Ann Taylor and Macy say that they want to stay on site. Uh, maybe their footprint isn't correct for the site long term. So I think there's going to be an effort to try to keep some of the stores online, um, places that want to stay. Um, there's small places like the screening room and things like that. We'd love to have them back in the in the overall project scheme. So it's uh, about phasing and, and being nuanced with that. The town's not going to redevelop the site, right? We're, we're there to be transactionary and to help legally, um, to help with some infrastructure. So... Getting all of those kind of places assigned and figuring out how they're going to work in a short-term period and then in a longer-term period, um, and of course, pennies uh, is part of all that mix as well. Um, while we dance that dance over the next six months, um, the reality is, you know, the the thing's getting closer to finally. Um, tipping into a redevelopment pattern. You know, when people stop seeing it in the news, they think, okay, it's over. When it comes to (laughs) JCPenney, is that issue still being discussed? Yeah, um, Penny's is still exercising their their right with state courts to pursue appeal. Uh, We don't know whether anybody's going to hear the appeal or not. Um, but you know, in the meantime, you know, they've reached out and said, look, here's what we would want on site. I think you know, I think we can, the town can't, you know, exercise a deal like that because, again, I, I mean, we don't intend to hold property and be a developer. Um, but as we get closer to some master planning work with the developers who I think are going to be around that project, 
then it starts to look more likely that it'll be worked out. Now, also in the mall, you have the Dick's Sporting Goods, which is where the food court used to be. And there's yep. a lot of debate about if the food court was still there, but we won't get into that. Yeah, that now, was one of those things that you lose your food court, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, the Dick's Sporting Goods, is that part of the Costco project? It is. Okay. Yeah. I, I've heard a lot of back and forth, but that yeah. is part of the Costco project. It is. Um, and they're actually going to build an outdoor area and they're going to build a – um, considerably larger footprint than what they have at Boulevard Mall. Um, so it's good to see them reinvesting. Um, but again, there's phasing issues there. And we certainly don't want to put Dicks out of business anytime before any of the sports seasons. I, I, I personally would not would uh, would be driving all over the place looking for gear for my kids, you know? Um, looking at that Costco project, because obviously that's another big news story. Yeah. Uh, uh, a plaza I used to work in, and let me tell you, not a place that's very difficult to manage uh, in the holiday season to drive through there. Uh, the road expansion, is that still as we discussed last time? Yep. Yeah, so the town is um, applying for a grant with the county um, on uh, Bailey and Maple. Um, there's some work that we want to do with that intersection. Um, there's uh, street lights, uh, um, signal configurations that are going to have to take place. Um, at that plaza back on Bailey near Ridgely. Uh, there's there's work that is happening there. Um, and a large part is because, you know, the Costco project's putting, you know, a little over a million dollars, a million one or a million two into the streetscape stuff now. So we have our own sewer work to do. Um, right now that whole plaza feeds uh, sewer line on Niagara Falls Boulevard. So we've got to reverse that, take it back to Maple, um, back up Maple to, to connect to the new Interceptor project. Um, as we're doing all of that, I expect some of that circulation pattern to get better um, back there. Um, Costco itself, you know, they're they're working through uh, meeting all of our planning board requirements and coming in with, with permits and plan sets. It's exciting to see the UB Annex coming down. Uh, you know, that was not a driver for the town of Amherst. And so uh, now it's going to be something pretty special. Yeah, I didn't even know what those buildings were until uh, until you explained it, you know, a few yeah, months ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild to think that we have temporary buildings from the 50s that have been, you know, around and just hanging on right in the middle of, you know, some of Amherst's busiest area. But. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, now, one last retail question, Station 12, which we have talked a lot about, next to uh, Whole Foods. Where do we stand with that? Uh, you know, I know originally, way back before COVID, you know, the original tenants were going to be William Sonoma, Pottery Barn. Yeah. Now it's sitting there, and, you know, to the to, to me, which I'm not a developer, but to me it looks done. Uh, where do we stand with, uh, with that project? They're waiting for stores to move in, and I'm like, come on, guys, you know, like, let's get our act together. Sometimes uh, sometimes I question whether we should have used eminent domain there instead of the boulevard. Um I'm sure the guys from WS Development are going to love that. Uh, but the reality is, you know, we have to threaten them to get the buildings up. You know, they put the buildings up. Okay. Now, you know, it's like, how are we going to, you know, move through this next course? You don't want to have to be hostile every step of the way. I really believe if they've done like two or three, even four stories of mixed use, that, that would be full and that site would be rocking right now. Um, but they're, they're intent on doing this retail only thing there and, you know, it, it's such a drag in Eggertsville. You look down some of the end of those long streets and, and you see that and it's it's too bad. It's like, come on, you know, you want to get them, get them moving. Um, this is one of those moments where, you know, we as a government have to figure out, okay, what are the next steps and how much involvement do we need to take um, from a land use planner and an architect staring at it? it it's befuddling to me. 
Uh, Whole Foods. They, I know they've issued complaints about money lost. Have they? Do they issue that to the town, or is that more to the developer? It's to the developer. I mean, they have a lease agreement. They have kickers in their lease that you know they they're supposed to be co-located with uh, retail. L.O. Bean, of course, and Athleta are now over um, up the road. Uh, I'm sure they're not happy about that. You know, Whole Foods is here for a couple of reasons. First, you know, it's obviously online distribution, you know, Amazon and. Amazon owns it, but nobody wants to see their their retail, you know, store empty, um, and they need cohabitation, right? We've learned that. So, you know, that's again, this is, comes back to WS development and what they need to do, and they need to get moving. Um, and that's it's tough to watch. It's I, the Dunn Tire building still up, right? The old Dunn Tire, and it's like. I don't get Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Get it. Yeah, to me, to me, that's like that's what I keep looking at. When that building goes down, we're in business. Something along those lines. Uh, speaking of the boulevard, so the Niagara Falls Boulevard, we've talked a lot about, and I think you and I talked about this maybe even a year ago. The expansion of the NFTA uh, in the Metro Rail to the North Campus. Uh, where yeah. does the town of Amherst stand on that? What would the town of Amherst have to do to make that a possibility? Well, we don't have to do a lot. Um, the NFTA is regional; it's a regional authority. Uh, I've had my concerns, uh, and uh, I know Supervisor Eminger and Tanawanda has shared concerns as well. Um, you know, my my concerns about the project have always been not so much the idea of bringing light rail. I, I think transit connection is important. We need transit connection, right? More and more people aren't driving. More and more people aren't desiring vehicles. More and more people want to, you know, be part of the UB community and don't have cars. Um, the issue is just how you pull it off, right? And, you know, and and that's something that I think they're they're dealing with right now is, you know, is the plan to bring a, a big vehicle up uh, the center of the boulevard and then past communities, um, you know, is it appropriate in terms of speed and is it appropriate in terms of what the offsets are there? Um, so, you know, I, I look, I love LRT. I've been to a lot of communities where LRT works really well between the city and its suburban communities near it. Um, but there's also something to be said for BRT. Uh, I think we could have both. Um, I'd like to see BRT extended from South Campus up Bailey. You know, there's there's things we can do in this community to improve our transit situation. When you talk about transit, the real issue that we have 
and to me is microtransit. It's the short commute, right? If people are in their cars for five minutes, then they're sure as heck going to stay in their cars for 10 minutes or 20 or 30. And we need busing. We need infrastructure where you know that a vehicle is going to be there 15 minutes every 15 minutes, and and you could move through a corridor. I'm I'm amazed we can't get from South Campus to to Main Street and Williamsville or Amherst Town Hall with more fluidity than it is now. You know, and and it seems like such a chore to to get on a bus. That's a lot of people don't use it. Looking uh, at one of the big topics, and it's been talked about here uh, for a lot for a while now, and that's the tax increase, the eleven point three. You see the signs up. I'm sure you saw them driving in. Uh, can you explain that? Because it, it has gotten a lot of heat. There's been a lot of there's been a few public hearings that are public meetings that seem to have gotten pretty contentious. Can you explain the tax increase to the people of Amherst? Yeah, I mean, look. So first of all, nobody said this is permanent, right? There was. There was a situation that we fell into where in 22 we had rapid inflation. I don't think I need to explain, right? It was 8% inflation. Um, and that was followed by a period in 23 where we had the Fed raise interest rates. Um, and so our short-term borrowing costs jumped up. Um, home sales slowed down. Uh, that took away um, money from us in terms of revenue uh, in in the form of mortgage tax, and you know wasn't anticipated going into 23. Um, it also created a scenario where um, all the infrastructure work that we've been doing, right, street lighting projects and sewer lining projects and service increases, you know, replacing old vehicles. Um, and trying to ramp up replacing chillers at the ice center, um, those costs were intensified because of the interest rate increase. So we had to shift how we would normally buy vehicles for highway and police and shift those over to the budget because we can't afford to keep going at a high interest rate with borrowing them. Um, And we had to deal with uh, year one of a streetlight project where we're not recognizing savings from utility costs in the budget yet because we don't know when they're all going to be online. As it is, we've had a good warm winter so far, and uh, we'll, we'll be able to recognize some of those savings. So you know, my anticipation is that a lot of it's temporal, um, and it's, it means being patient, and nobody wants to have to pay $100, $200, $300 more in their taxes. I understand. And for for seniors, that's very difficult. For a lot of people, you know, that can be difficult. Um, You know, my hope and my intent would be to say, once we're through with street lighting project, let's figure out a way to get into a good public-private partnership again um, where we can help offset some of that that burden. Um, My hope is that and and my, my plan is to basically be able to to go back to the my past practice of creating surplus at the end of the year, we get to a surplus at the end of the year, we're certainly going to be giving that surplus back in the forms of tax next year. But it takes a lot to manage. You know, we, we came off of eight years of running deficits, basically, and draining fund balance. And so um, when I first came into office, my first year, six years ago, we, uh, you know, first thing that happened, I inherited a budget where we – underestimated our 
our health insurance. There was a deficit on the books, and Moody's immediately came in and said, "Too many deficits for too long. Your 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 credit ratings getting um, getting getting uh, downgraded." So now here we are, you know, six years of not running deficits, of being able to roll surplus into the next year's budget, and our credit rating is you know two years in a row with positive outlooks. Um, so there's a lot more to a financial story than a one-year tax hit. Um, and I'll tell you, I don't want tax increase. Believe me, I'm of you know I'm I'm right there with everybody. It, it's it's a it's a it's a pest um, that people don't want in their lives. It's it's costing them their hard-earned money. Um, and what I would tell you is infrastructure and services. Um, we've needed to do a lot. We've done a lot. We're going to be able to do a lot moving forward. And because of that, we're going to be able to get everything controlled. So it, it, this could just be a short-term increase. Yeah, and my my sense of things are: look, your my our personnel costs aren't going down anytime soon. The cost of doing business anywhere in this country is not going down, right? The the cost of products of of chemicals of of salt of gas that stuff hasn't diminished. Um, but what I'm talking about is sort of the big controlled items, you know, the the being able to to get a good handle and um, on your revenue and see your revenue return to offset your your um, expenses. And um, so as you know, we hope revenues will tick up um, in the future here. Um, we weren't going to uh, overestimate our revenues and create a deficit situation. So we were pretty careful with those and, and um, you know, but there's there's good signs, right? The economy hasn't come crashing down. Um, you know, the Fed's talked about easing interest rates um, and we're going to be able to refinance a lot of our debt over the coming years and reschedule it um, and make sure that we're not hitting those high interest rates. Do you think transparency could have been better when this was announced? You know, so I've been asked that a couple of times um, now, and what I the the answer the first part of the answer is we did everything we've always done, um, and in years past that hasn't been an issue. Um, this year, uh, people have said it's an issue, and so you know we've we've sought to figure out different ways to do it. So um, next budget we're going to be releasing a an abbreviated um uh summary uh that is going to be sent out in different ways um i'm being very careful right i'm on a, a radio show and i don't want to say hey look you know part of this is on the media but um <laughs> no i'm not i'm not going there the reality is the town's going to have to find different ways to put information out right so um, we are uh, going to work through a process to to put out uh, better summary statements, um, and uh, you know we, we're going to work through our our oversight committees and groups that are already have engaged um, the town. We've you know have through past practice, uh, we'll ramp it up a little bit. So I guess it's a way of saying hey, you can always do better, um, but it's not like you know we skipped a step here and so um you know we'll we'll see where it goes all right before i let you go anything else you wanted to cover before we uh, get out of here um just the the only other thing that that 
I would say, um, you know, is uh, because of the, the conditions we're in here is um, we think that we're out of the, we're in the clear a little bit with some of the potential flooding. Um, but if people uh, live near creeks, if people live near roads where they're flooded, um, and for some reason we're not seeing it, you know, I, I do want people to call the town and get a hold of us and let us know what you're seeing. All right, sounds good. And uh, the state of the town is Friday at what time? It's in the morning. Um, it's like nine o'clock. It's a Chamber of Commerce event, so you know we'll release something later on, and I usually repeat it a couple times. All right, sounds good. Amherst Town Supervisor Brian Copa, thank you so much for uh, joining us this morning. All right, thank you, Joe. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.